everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt. We are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Uh, but you should never, ever ask me about my business. Mostly because my business is very boring. But, you know, also because yeah, the, the danger involved. All that danger. Don't you just All like, that danger. Don't you just, like, handle logistics and getting people to the right places now? Exactly. It's so dangerous. Mm. Someone can get mad at you and use harsh language. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, how dare they? Hi, guys. We are brought to you supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, get access to all of our bonus material. We have a person to thank, Matthew. Oh, one of those wonderful people in the world? I'm straight up down for that. The entire world, Abigail Miller. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, Abigail. This week's episode is the first episode of season 18, Matt. We made it to 18. We're Now we, we can get drafted. We, we did. Our brains have not leaked out of our years all the way yet. Not yet. Uh, this week's episode is the first episode of season 18. It is the mook, the chef, the wife, and her Homer. Very long title that I don't like because it's too long. Also, is it based on something? Yes, it is based on a, uh, a the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, which is a film huh. from the 80s. Uh, I don't think you'd like it. Uh, episode HABF15, originally aired September 10th, 2006, written by Bill Odenkirk, directed by Michael Marcantel, received a 6.9 rating, nice, with 11.6 million viewers. The couch gag. The couch was replaced by four wooden chairs, a pop goes the weasel, starts playing, and people play musical chairs. Uh, Homer loses when the music stops. Kind of, I'm a little disappointed by this, I honestly. Not I mean, it's one of those simple things you think they would have done a long time ago. Like, have we not done the musical chairs yet? You can't even have, like, Homer, but Homer doesn't even fall down. Like, there's no gag here. It's just Homer loses. That's the gag. You're like, eh, okay. Uh, the episode guest stars Joe Montana as Fat Tony, Joe Pantoliano, or Joey Pants, as Dante, Michael Imperioli as Dante Jr., and Metallica as themselves. Uh, so this is this episode reunites two of the cast members of Baby Stay Out in Joe Montana and Joey Pants. Wow. Okay. Nothing that you know. That's that's all I get. That's all I get from that. Nope. I refuse to engage with anything about Baby's Day Out. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> you don't enjoy Baby Stay Out? No. Okay. Um. Who yeah. oh boy? Uh, this episode. I'm curious. I, I like. I have like so many meta thoughts going on right now. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if they, did they, how do they decide that this is the first episode of the season? That's like my primary question. For, like, well, like, I always have a question about that because generally the first episode of the seasons are actually part of the previous season's production run. So do they just say, oh, this is in the second half of season 17's production run? This is a very strong episode. Let's hold it off, and it'll be our our opener to season 18. Strong in their eyes, not in ours. I mean, it was, it's HABF fifteen, which you know, it's it, it's that's m- the middle of a pro- of a m- middle to late latter half of a production run, and they're they they didn't go in order for these, so I don't know. Um, episode begins with nonsense that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> it's not too oh, long. Man, the opening of this is just so long and unnecessary it it, i I mean it isn't like it's not eight minutes long i'll tell you that matt 
You know, it's not an That's entire. Fair. It's well, the act isn't the first act isn't ten minutes long. It's only six minutes long, and you know the inciting incident doesn't take up that much time. The problem is it is normally like a lot of time. I'm like, oh, this inciting incident is totally disconnected from the plot, but at least it's entertaining. This is not entertaining. <laughs> it is the opposite of entertaining. It is very boring and dull. Uh, Bart and Lisa are on the bus. Lisa is upset because Bart won't let her sit down. She accidentally destroys Otto's cassette player. He was listening to Grand Funk Railroad, which is not... I'm going to hear my first complaint, Matt. First complaint. Auto would not listen to Grand Funk. Grand Rock. Funk is not an auto band. Like, what are we doing? Grand Funk is a Homer band. He literally talks about Grand Funk Raylo in Homer Palooza. And Auto shirtless antics of Mark Farter. Am I saying that right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not. A, I am not a Grand Funk band fan either. Okay. Uh, but uh, Auto is not a. Doesn't. I mean, he'd probably be okay with Grand Funk Railroad, but Auto. Like he'd be listening to Slayer or something. Like he he fan, he nerds out over Metallica. They are not even close to each other. They're Grand Funk and Metallica do not occupy the same sphere. Well, um, Robbie, because they use Grand Funk, they can have him scream "fo" as it falls. I, Matt, the problem. I think I think that is your. I think that's the answer. Honestly, I think that really is. I know it is, and I hate being right, I, but. That is the answer. You're correct. The only reason they chose Grand Funk is so that they could have him yell Funk as it the tape player falls in slow motion and breaks on the ground. But what this does is make Otto subject to the kids. We get the kids singing Old McDonald about Old McDonald How to Fart and uh, the, the other bus songs. They're very annoying. Otto tries the radio. There's a whole bit here where Otto tries different radio stations and it's nothing. He, and it's just a bunch of genres that he doesn't like. Salsa. And it's very hard to actually find on the radio. I, I, I don't know. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Matt, and we had a rock. We had two rock stations. So I don't know what. Well, that's what I'm saying is like the, the, the stations that Otto picks up. I'm just like one. There's like world music, salsa fusion, uh, urban jazz or whatever the hell he calls it. I'm like, good luck finding like two of these stations on any dial. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 like all, multiple of those genres would be one station, but I mean, it's all just to yeah. make auto crazy. Um, but he sees, and all, this is also just inexplicable. Like Metallica, one of the biggest bands of all time, uh, been around for now 30, almost 40 years, which is crazy. <laughs> Metallica's been around for 40 years now. It's year 20, year, year 2021. Metallica's almost 40 years old. Uh, the band itself is almost 40 years old. And this is how you feature them. You have them next to a broke down bus on the side of a residential street. What is this? Why is this? Why is this here? Robbie, if there's one thing we've learned from the past couple episodes of The Simpsons is that every trucking route goes right through The Simpsons neighborhood. Springfield uh, has no highways. It has no large streets. It, everything is just residential streets that you have to cut through. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but Otto sees Metallica's bus. It's broken down. He pulls over to try and help them. What's up, Metallica? Need a lift? We don't take rides from strangers. I'm no stranger. Remember this? Metallica rules! Oh, yeah. Springfield Arena 97. Row XX, seat 64. I was about to quit the van when I saw your lighter. 
You saved me that night. So what are you waiting for? Hop in. Hop in what? Look at me. I'm Otto. I'm 100 years old and I drive a school bus. Oh, man. Maybe me and Metallica can go splitsies on a cab. Hey, loser. We got a ride from a real fan. I used to sleep with Lars's grandmother. Never listen to our music again. That they included like six seconds of Master of Puppets is really the only good thing about Metallica being on The Simpsons. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm surprised Metallica was cool to, uh, telling a fan never listen to our music again. Like they could have said so many things that would have made Otto mad. That's just that's just mean, man. There's no, there are no, there is no jokes here. Uh, it's just Metallica. You're like, oh, okay, bye Metallica. That was any. That could be any band. There's nothing uniquely metallica in this appearance other than they played a little bit of metallica song at the end there and i don't know like you're like uh so bart steals the bus takes the kids to school which doesn't seem like a bart thing bart would this first act such a mess first and third acts both a mess second act is uh, okay um so Otto spanks bart what what yep I don't, that doesn't, again, not an auto thing. Like, I don't, corporal punishment doesn't seem like an auto, like, not, in, especially not spate. Like, I don't know. Um, but Otto spanks him, gets caught by Skinner, and gets suspended with pay. That's four minutes of the episode has gone by, Matt, at this point. Four minutes. Mm-hmm. And now we are finally to, this is the inciting incident. Now we finally have a point where, oh, the kids don't have a bus driver anymore because Otto was the only one. No, we don't. We don't have a different driver, or we don't hire a different driver. That's how small uh, Springfield Elementary is. There's one bus that takes everybody to school. Okay, I mean, you could. There's other people that can drive a bus, right? No, no, definitely not. I mean, Bart, we saw Bart, what happened when Skinner tried, so Bart, you know, I'm not surprised. No one else is going to try. Bart literally stole the bus. He doesn't. No punishment. Nothing. Nope. Okay. So now, at the very least, it's not germane to what's going on in the episode. It doesn't matter. So they're just like, whatever. We don't. We're not gonna. We. It. This largely does. You could start it literally right here with Marge driving the kids to school, and just saying, oh, like saying Otto's sick or Otto got suspended with pay. You could just tell the audience that in this conversation, and we get four minutes of this episode back to have like stuff happen in it. That's funny. No, we can't do that. No. Oh no. boy. Um, like if this inciting incident had any humor, I maybe would give it cut it some slack. So, Marge is picking up a bunch of kid, like a bunch of kids. Uh, Bart. We see Bart, Millhouse, Sharing Terry, Nelson, Lisa. Who else is? Is there anyone else I'm missing? Gia Sherry and Terry. Yeah, I said I said Sherry and Terry. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Okay. So. Mars picking up all these kids, and they have one more kid to pick up. Who's a a new kid we haven't seen before, um, and his name is Michael. And we find out more about him. Hey, Dort, you're sitting on my shadow. Sorry. What? You're too good to sit on my shadow? Oh, I forgot my math book. No problem. I'll just drive up to your house and get it. Whoa! 
mother must dance at the nicest strip club in town. Michael, my son, here is your book. And never forget the divisor goes into the dividend. Yes, Papa. That was Fat Tony. Your dad's a mob boss? <laughs> Please don't have me whacked. I was just kidding around. We were all having fun. Wasn't it fun? <laughs> oh, fun is so fun. <laughs> there is no mafia. Columbus Day is better than Christmas. Columbus Day is better than Christmas, Robbie. That's that's what they went with there. I, I, I don't know. The, the, this is where this is where we need to be, though. This is where we're, Michael, this kid, is Fat Tony's son. Mm-hmm. That is the information. That is the vital information we've gotten to yep. uh, at this point of the episode. Uh, and this is where we go to commercial. Six minutes and twelve seconds in. Yes, and when we come back, uh, we are finally getting to the actual plot of the episode, which will revolve around this kid, uh, Michael, for the rest of the episode. Uh, for those of you who haven't quite picked up on it yet, yet this is a whole episode that's basically the first Godfather movie uh, with Michael as Michael Corleone, what? Fat Tony as Don Corleone. I what? know, I know. It, it was so subtle, you would never know. I never would have noticed. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, everyone knew. Everyone picked it up immediately, even if they've never seen The Godfather before. Anyway... Uh, so uh, we see Michael at school. Uh, everyone is scared of him. Uh, I guess up until now, no one realized he was Fat Tony's son somehow until Marge drove up to the house. And now everybody knows and is terrified. I don't mind. Matt, I'm going to hear Sam say this. Mm-hmm. The first act is largely a waste. The third act kind of goes off the rails with Homer stuff. The second act, I enjoy. It's only <laughs> I do, too. Uh, I was actually going to say, like, this thing that surprises me about this is how much it had potential. It's all squandered in the first and third acts, but it, like you said, especially the second act is good. You've got, I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I really enjoy when The Simpsons do straight up parodies of good movies, sometimes even bad movies, where they just, oh, what would this movie look like if it played out in the Simpsons universe involving Simpsons characters? And this basically is. What would happen if you took Simpsons characters like Fat Tony, uh, a new kid that is basically Michael Corleone, uh, Lisa as uh, – who's Michael's girlfriend in The Godfather? I forget. Kay? I don't remember. Kay. That. We're going to go with Kay. I don't know what else her name is. It, it might be something else. But basically what happens uh, when you mix that up in Springfield? And this act especially does a really good job of that because for those of you who don't know the plot of The Godfather, Michael Corleone comes home from World War II – or Korea, I'm not sure which one, and doesn't want to join the family mob business. He spends the entire movie trying to basically get out from under his father's shadow and, you know, go legit, as they say. And by the end of the movie, he's in charge of the entire, uh, you know, mafia uh, because his, his father has died. And in this case, that's spoilers. exactly what's happening. Sorry, spoilers for a 70-year-old movie. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's 50 years old. It was in the 70s. Oh, yeah, it's in the 70s, right? Sorry. For some reason, it's not even Godfather 50s. It was written in the 50s. Movie was in the seventies. Yes. Anyway, uh, the but it's got a Springfield twist on it uh, because Michael wants to be a uh, a a chef instead of uh, whatever Michael Corleone in the movie wants to be, and it works really well. You get to see this this wonderful character who, yes, is a copy of a movie character, but that doesn't mean the Simpsons don't give him a lot of uh, background character, um, as we'll see. So everyone at school is scared of him. Even Willie lays down a puke in front of him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, even Mr. Largo freaks out when he says, oh, Michael is bad at clarinet. And he runs away once he figures out that it's Michael. 
anyway, uh, but thankfully uh, for Michael, uh, Lisa actually takes a liking to him. What the oh, DLC? That's cool. Just... You're sitting with me. I'm not afraid of you. Well, you shouldn't be. I'm not like my dad. I understand. I'm not like my dad either. Oh. There's a triple A battery in my macaroni and cheese. It counts as a vegetable. I can't eat this. You know, I cook a little. Maybe I can make you something. All we need is some fresh ingredients. Well, you're not going to find any here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the bowl. Dandelion greens? A sprig of wild dill, fresh blackberry juice for dressing. It's delicious. Are you just saying that because you're afraid of my dad? No, it's great. No, except for the bee. <laughs> it's good to see you laughing. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Lisa and Michael get along very well uh, because Lisa appreciates the, uh, you know, gustatory enthusiasm that Michael has for his cooking. Uh, I would also like to point out that it is amazing that Springfield just happened, Springfield Elementary just happens to have those specific ingredients at, growing all at once outside the cafeteria. I would. Good for that. I'm going to say, Matt, I don't care how good a cook that kid is. I'm not eating that random crap growing in the school grounds. <laughs> I don't care what he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, a blackberry dressing is nice, but you're not just going to squeeze blackberries. You need some kind of vinaigrette to mix it with to have a really good dressing. Also, and, you know, you make dandelion soup. You don't eat dandelion directly. I'm not eating Very any funny. of that garbage. Uh, I this is the return. <laughs> Lisa would though. Mm, I I'll, I'll take it. You know, like that's the thing. I'll take it. This is at least it's character growth. It's it shows character, which is something. You know. Uh, this is also the return of lunch lady Dora, you know, to be oh, right. Dora, <laughs> Dora. It's not Doris. It's Dora. This was since when uh, Doris Grout died in 1995. It was um, they really they you you didn't hear lunch lady Doris. And now you've heard lunch lady Dora. But this is voiced by Tress McNeil. Um, the bit with the World War II beans. It's all right. Ghosts coming out of them feel like they could have done better but it's something again a lot of this is just like oh it's something this is something they there's character here it's enough it is and, and it's it's interesting uh for those of you who, did, who didn't watch the episode uh she was opening up a can of world war ii beans and pouring them out and telling the ghost to get in the bowl so as we can see are those uh, okay question man mm -hmm. are those people are those people who died in world war ii are those their ghosts or are those bean ghosts I'm assuming they're bean ghosts because they were in the bean can since World War II. Are you so all beans have souls? Uh, well, I mean, a soul is not necessarily to make a ghost. Uh, people oh. generally don't have ghosts, but beans do. In fact, all ghosts are the ghosts of beans. I don't. I don't like this. I don't like. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. I don't, I don't like this. You take the good with the bad when it comes to the symptoms. You get bean ghosts. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. I shouldn't, anyway. I, I shouldn't ask questions. I think that's a don't you know? You, you shouldn't don't, ask questions unless you already know the answers. Yeah, I don't want to. Being ghosts. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Fat Tony wants Michael to go into the family business of waste management. 
very little subtlety in this episode. Obviously, in fact, it's a mobster who kills people. We're not gonna, we're not even gonna gloss over that. We're gonna give it the tiniest little sheen, polish it up a little bit. Uh, Michael does not want to do that. Uh, after school, it turns out that Fat Tony himself drives the carpool, uh, which you'd, you'd expect he'd have a lackey to do that for him, but no, Fat Tony is a dad who is active in his child's life. He is. We'll give them points for that. I like the Fat Tony. Like I like all the mobsters in this. They're all. They all have. They're all funny. Like I, Fat Tony, Joe Montana does a great job as always as Fat Tony and does a really good job with. They give him those. You know those lines that let him lean in and be real hammy. They. He works real well. I have no no problem with with Fat Tony or any of the associated gangsters in this episode. They're the. They're frankly they're the 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 highlights of, of this episode. They are. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the, the low parts of the, the mafia <laughs> stuff later in, in Act 3. But uh, anyway, uh, so on the way home, while Fat Tony is driving the kids home, uh, he sees his uh, his arch-rival family. Uh, what is their name? Is it is it Calabrese? Cipriani? Something like that? I don't remember their name. <laughs> That's really suspect. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's, the Cal- it's the Calabrese. It's the name, yes. Calabrese. Okay, fine. Hey, hey, I, I know it was Calis something. I just couldn't remember what it is. Uh-huh. It just like, just it say some Italian. Italian nonsense. That's all you have to say. That's all the Italian is. Yes. <laughs> hey, in real life, no. In Simpsons world, yes. I'm <laughs> just know. reflecting their stereotype. I'm just teasing. Uh, uh, we also get a Garfield joke, which you're always welcome. I love the, Gar- I love the Garfield joke. I can't help it. <laughs> Right? It, seeing a mobster talk about Garfield is actually kind of funny. I don't know why. Uh, but Fat Tony I will take. I will take the, I will take the cat. He hates Mondays. It's so relatable. I, I think the funniest part of this entire bit is Fat Tony takes a three-ring biter from Millhouse, uses it to pop the tires on the rival mob family's car, where they run into, I believe it's a vinegar truck, and they're like, oh, well, this, this sucks, but it's not that bad. And then they get run into by a baking soda truck, no, and they're like, oh, this is... What's it's that? baking soda and then vinegar. Oh, sorry, baking soda and then vinegar. My bad, my bad. And I'm like, oh, this is this is crazy, but it's not that bad. <laughs> they get rammed by a truck of TNT, and I know this is stupid, but for some reason, I laughed out loud when this happens. It's it, so dumb. No, I mean there there's it's there's some good gags in this episode. It largely is the the most positive thing about it. The second act is really the only one with any character substance in it. But I don't know. I don't mind the gags in, in this. In Frankly, in this act or act three, the gags are okay. It's mostly just character stuff just vanishes. There's no focus anymore. But the, right. the, the, the side gags are they're funny. There's there's some time and effort put into them, which is all I asked for. That's, that's the bare minimum anymore. And that's what we're, we're, we're okay with at this point. Uh, so, yes, there's a mob car on the way home. Uh, the kids they stop at the Simpsons house uh, with Fat Tony. Uh, he makes some veiled references to Marge, uh, and uh, we get the families getting together for dinner. Mom! I apologize for my tardiness. I ran into some old acquaintances. On the surface, that sounds perfectly pleasant. Papa, can Lisa and her family come over for dinner? We'd love to. You know, I've never met your wife. Sadly, my Anna Maria was whacked by natural causes. Oh, you're a widower. I bring flowers to her grave every Sunday. Oh, flowers every week. I wish I was dead. Welcome to my home. (gasps) 
must have cost a fortune. Actually, you can really keep costs down when you don't pay for materials or labor or permits or land. Wow, your paintings have brush marks. <gasps> and your statues have wieners. Your words honor my family. In the words of the old country, mangiare mi amici. <laughs> He's talking like the guy in Fat Albert. Help a arbejiba. No! Why are you doing that? So this is obviously the worst part of the entire Homer. second act, and I felt I needed to capture it. I, I so, really, I love the, so com dumb. I really like the conversation between Marge and Fat Tony, the flowers every, flowers every week, you know, that, that's, it's, it's fun. I uh, wish I was dead. I, yeah, it, that's, that's a, that's not bad gag, but Homer, Homer is the worst part of this episode. Uh, when, when it gets to the well, plot, I guess, there's just everything he does does not add anything to this episode yeah and we'll get to this more in the third act it's just whenever they try and shoehorn simpsonness into this it falls down and i feel like my perfect version of this episode of this type of episode is cape fear obviously because you have a wonderful comparison of the movie cape fear to the simpsons and it just it matches beat for beat and you get just a a smattering here or there of Simpsonness to what is essentially putting the Simpsons in a movie uh, that already exists. This episode just takes that in the weirdest direction. And it's, it's basically clown Homer from the last few seasons. They're like, okay, we got to get the Simpsons in here somehow. How do we do that? And Oh, Homer's a crazy moron. Uh, we'll have to shoehorn that in some way. And it is the worst part of the episode, but I guess we're just going with that now. I, it, it he, it, hmm. the, the rest of the second arc, it largely forgets about Homer again. Like it, he is, he is, doesn't really get involved again. It is all Michael and fat Tony with a little bit of Lisa there to encourage Michael in his cooking. And I don't know if they go, Oh, well we definitely, we can't just have this. This episode's not about, it doesn't have enough of the Simpsons in it. It just says Lisa. And then it's about Fat Tony and Michael. And we can't go. We have to have the Simpsons in it. Maybe. I don't know if that's a thought process. Or they just go, you know what's funny? Homer. Let's have Homer in here. We need Homer in here. It's Poochie. Like, it literally is Poochie. Homer is Poochie. And it ends. It, it's the downfall. This episode would have been fine if they just kept Homer out of it. But, hmm. And this is just a taste. This is just a little mm, tease of, oh, this is what you're going to get, huh? Okay. It sure is, unfortunately. So, uh, at this point, uh, the Simpsons are sitting down to dinner with Fat Tony and Michael, uh, his palatial estate that comes with being a mafia don, uh, when it turns out that, oh, Fat Tony is scheduled uh, a sit-down with the, the rival family from earlier tonight. Uh, we also get an extended bit about Palm Pilots and how mafia people use everything to mean kill someone else that I have saved you from. Uh, it is quite bad. Uh, so, uh, during the sit-down, uh, Fat Tony says that if he died, Michael would wreak a terrible vengeance on their family, uh, because his family does not know what Michael is like. Uh, meanwhile, Michael has made souffles for the Simpsons, and turns out they are amazing. Uh, and the whole family loves them. There's a bit about brownies. It doesn't matter. And then we get to the final bit where Michael comes in to uh, give the rival family and Fat Tony some souffles and has a confession. Papa, I brought you some dessert. 
My God, this is like a lap dance for my taste buds. Oh. Yeah, the flavor just drove my sweet tooth to a vacant lot and whacked it. Hey, kid, what bakery did you boost these from? Well, actually, I made them. Papa, I want to be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> a chef, huh? Hey, look what we got here. It's Chef Boyagay. What's he gonna do if we rub you out? Serve our soup cold? <laughs> <laughs> well, gazpacho was served cold, so take that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony, catch you later. Your kid's got a bright future. Catering your funeral. You know what I like? Those little baby hot dogs. Do they small down big ones or do they make them different? Michael, you have made me appear weak in the eyes of my enemies. Fat Tony, it's not important what other people think of you. What matters is how you feel inside. And so we end Act 2 with Fat Tony being shot by the rival mobsters who feel that they have uh, no worry about doing so because Michael will do nothing to them because Fat Tony has no one else who works for him that might take vengeance whatsoever. But with that, we go to a commercial. You, you neglected to mention one thing, Matt, which I think is important. Uh-huh. They shot at him. They shot him with uh, an attack helicopter. Oh, yes, of course, an attack helicopter. How could I forget that? I... It's it, it's 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 these little details where you're like, oh, this like I if people ask me what happened to the show all the time, I get people tweet at me or email us and like, you know, like, you know, when we do an episode where we're like, oh, this is the worst ever. And then you look back at, you know, season seven or something. You're like, that's oh, so good. How where what happened? And it's not as simple. Like a lot of people want to put it very simply. Zombie Simpsons and, you know, point it all on Homer. But it's not it's. It's a it's a big answer, uh, and it's things like this, this scene, this little ending here where they this scene is good. I like this scene. Uh, it's very good because it, it's essentially what happened in the Godfather movie of oh you have a son who does not want to follow in his father's footsteps, and because of that, it materially affects and almost essentially kills the father. I know that it doesn't really involve the Simpsons. I don't really care about that at this point. Like I just, the fat Tony is a Simpsons character. I don't care what you say. Like he's been in the show for <laughs> is for since season two, Bart the murderer, I think is Bart the murderer season three, Bart the murderer. Uh, and he's been in, on a bunch of episodes. So I don't care. Lisa's there and she's, she's an important figure in this. Uh, the scene is, it has, it has jokes i the they you know they the the dante jr the michael imperioli character asked about the little tiny hot dogs the little, you know the that's i oh, I, yeah. I thought that was funny you, you they they small up the big hot dogs you know stuff like that um it's it it's about character it talks like it's about michael michael does something very brave and at the, at the urging of lisa like hey take these to your father show what you're capable of and it earns him get, gets him laughed at, and it materially affects Fat Tony because he gets attacked. But they don't just do what you would do in real life, where they would have they have the mobsters attack through a window with just guns. 
you know, in a car or drive-by. And there's many ways you could gag this up. You don't need to gag this up. Frankly, this doesn't need to be a funny funny moment. You, you've had a bunch of gags just five seconds ago. You can cut out the gags, make this serious. You reference Kate Fear, Matt. Kate Fear has serious moments in it mixed in with all those gags. And that makes the gags funnier and it makes the serious things more serious because you are able to have that tonal shift back and forth. And it works really well because the Simpsons were so good at it. Um, It's not an easy thing to do, but they, they could do it and they could simply do it again here. It's an opportunity. This is your opportunity to try and really navigate those same waters. But they don't. They do an attack helicopter, which is absurd. And it's not funny. Like, I, I don't think, like, oh, we made this really serious scene with funny lines in it. Oh, now we're going to goof it up with an attack helicopter to k- kill, mm. quote unquote, Fat Tony. Not necessary. It makes your world. This is not a realistic. Like, it feels like uh, this feels like a uh, like a, a scary movie joke. You know, like those those bad spoof movies, uh, date movie, those the, that era of bad spoof movies. It feels like that kind of joke where it's just the broadest. It does dumbest yeah. dumbest version. Like, oh, it's you know what'd be funny if they didn't attack normally. They did a funny attack, and you know, like what's funny? An attack helicopter. Like that's not it's not enough, guys. If you want to do it, you have to do more than that. You have to do more. Um, we come back to the third act. 14 minutes and eight seconds. So a good amount of time here to, to resolve this plot. And you could have more if you made the first act a little shorter or a little bit, you know, used it a little bit more wisely, but uh, couldn't do that. Um, we start, we're in the hospital uh, and fat Tony is unconscious and Michael and everyone else are picking up the pieces. Your father's going to be absolutely fine in about three months. But for now, he can't talk, write, or blink. <laughs> With Fat Tony doing a morphine mumbo, the Calabrese is going to try to put him down for a dirt nap. Dirt nap, eh? Hmm. Homer, our house is on fire. Help me save the children. Sorry, Mart. Can't hear you. <laughs> what am I going to do now? Kid, the only way you're going to live to gross prajut on your abonjula is if you take your dad's place. Let's go. Hey, can we go by the Lexus place? I want to test drive that new hybrid. You are a hybrid. Half idiot, half moron. Whoa! Where did that come from? Whoa! I don't know what to do. This is all my daughter's fault, but I'll make it up to you. Bart and I will run your business till your dad's okay. Well, what do you know about being a mob boss? Everything. And I learned it all from the greatest gangster film ever, Shark Tale. Um, who oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong about Shark Tale. It is uh, a movie about gangsters. Yes, I realize. But it's not that, Matt. Um, okay, first, I I won't lie. That hybrid joke is the laugh of the episode for me. I laughed out loud when wow. well, it caught me. Just it's not just the, it's not really the joke. It's it is uh the reaction. Whoa, whoa what? That I for some reason just tickled my funny bone. I don't know what it is. Uh but that reaction from um what's the name of that? What's what is that gangster's name, Matt? You remember? Uh not Johnny Tight Lips, but uh, legs. legs. Legs reaction to that just made me makes me laugh. I don't know. Um 
And then there is just, it's like anti-humor with Homer here. Like that head in the, that dirt nap cutaway gag. Whew. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, like, save the kids. Can't hear you. I'm taking a nap. That's far more important than saving my children. Oh, but, but it's, it's just like, this is what we're doing. This is a cutaway gag. It's, this is, oh my God, guys. <laughs> It's every time Homer's on screen, I'm like, can we get Homer off? Can we take him out to the barn? Like, this is terrible. Uh, and Homer makes a, a joke about Shark Tale and then says he's going to run the mob. And you're like, and he says it's Lisa's fault. And you're like, my, like, my head's spinning. Like, what, what do you mean it's Lisa's fault? And why I indirectly, I guess it's Lisa's fault, but I don't want to see Homer here. I don't like, why is Homer involved in this at all? It makes no sense. It feels completely artificial, shoehorned in. And then he recruits Bart as well. And you're like, oh, they're just going to do Bart the Murderer again. Because that's what this is. It's just really bad Bart the Murderer. Yeah, Act 3 is entirely Bart the Murderer. It's like, oh, Bart and Homer are now running the mob. We're going to get a lot of mob jokes that are the exact same jokes we've seen. Yeah, it, we've, we've seen – this is just worse versions of all the jokes you saw in Bart the Murderer. Bart the Murderer was better and in many, many ways, um, and this is a very pale imitation. And now Homer's – now Captain Wacky Homer is involved in – oh, my lord. So we get a scene where uh, Homer tries to shake down Moe, and then Moe in turn shakes to, for money. Moe in the same scene then shakes down Homer for money, and Homer takes his own money to pay – for Moe's debt. And you're like, okay. Bart and the and the and the other gangsters go shake down Krusty. That's like literally just like four minutes, three minutes here of just them going to Moe and then to Krusty to get money. And these are the jokes, and, and Krusty gets beaten up. Okay. And then we see that Homer and, and Bart have stolen from tr- uh, stolen a truck and then stolen a truck truck. And then we see a truck truck truck. Ugh. Which is a truck that carries trucks that carries trucks. And it's the size of like a skyscraper on its side. It yeah, it's like four <laughs> houses tall. It doesn't make any sense. You're like, okay, fine, I guess. I don't know why all these mobsters are also just totally cool with taking orders from Homer. Because that's what that's happening. Homer's like in charge. And you're like, but why are they doing Why would they let this happen? Like there's a... Like, the entire plot of Bart to Murder is setting up how Bart it's, gets insinuated into the mob. Like Goodfellas. You know, it's... A, mm-hmm. They don't do anything. It's just, Homer just says it's going to happen. And because they need the episode to happen this way, it does. Uh, oh, this third act derails everything going for in the second act. Uh, because normally you'd probably be following Michael with this. Uh, seeing what Michael's reaction to all this stuff is. He's... The central character of this, Michael and Lisa, and you would see the downfall of Michael as he's slowly being corrupted by having to run the mob and Lisa trying to pull him away. It doesn't happen. There, there, that's Those scenes don't exist. We just get Homer and Bart doing stuff instead. Uh, so this eventually, I cannot emphasize how much time this takes. It takes a lot of time. Most of this third act, not connected to Michael or to Lisa, or to Fat Tony, it is just Homer, Bart, mobsters doing things in turn, being mobsters, 
quote unquote, with no no jokes, no laughter, just stuff. Um, punching Krusty in the face, not a joke, guys. Intimidating Flanders I mean, to pay Homer's electric bill, not a joke. Nope. Okay. So after they're in the garage, Homer's garage, with the mobsters, they're playing cards with Michael, um, and they intimidate Flanders, and they are going to go get some dish back from Marge, a friend of Marge's or something because they didn't return it. Who knows Helen what's going Lovejoy. on? Oh, it was Helen Lovejoy? Okay. Yeah. Um, but at, at this point, Bart, this scene is, I cannot even believe it happens. Homer and Bart are talking about how they're going to kill someone. Like, Bart has a pistol, man. Funny, Robbie, obviously. Bart, Bart has a pistol, and Homer is, no, no, you take this knife, and you go stab him. And you're like, whoa, whoa okay, slow down, guys. Slow down. I understand that they're supposed to be mobsters, but you can't just go zero to 100 where they're killing people. I know the mob kills people. Homer and Bart are, like, they're not true mobsters. That's the whole gag, right? Supposedly, but because the episode has to be about the Simpsons, it can't be about Michael falling into this life. So we have to have a substitute. And so it becomes Homer and Bart. But like you point out, when Homer and Bart get involved in actually killing people, we're just like, whoa, total whiplash from the Simpsons. Basically, Slow down a little bit, guys. Yeah, like there's they're like the surrogate in corruption. But would it I want to like if Michael is the focal point of this episode, just do it about him. He's the one getting corrupted. And it doesn't seem so crazy when Homer's talking about stabbing people or Bart's talking about shooting people. Like, come on, guys. Um, So Michael sees this behavior in Homer and Bart and decides to, uh, I I guess, commit drastic action. Homer, Helen Lovejoy never returned my casserole dish from the church potluck. Could you pick it up? No problem. I'll be back in ten minutes. Handedly home, Arborinos. I, uh, I got your uh, phone bill in my mail by mistake, and uh, I'll just pay it. <laughs> Dad, you want I should plug him in the ankle? You monster. Just cut his Achilles tendon with this knife. <laughs> Bart, Mr. Simpson, we are getting out of the mob business right now. But this is the only life I know. I'm sorry. I just can't live with myself seeing you this way. Can I still talk with my hands? I'm afraid not. What about my ears? No. Hmm. So, Michael wants to call it off. Okay. Which is where this act should have gone. Really, this should happen at the end of Act 2, quite frankly. Uh, But, and he should be, you know, stopping other mobsters, not Homer and Bart. But we are where we are. I don't. I don't mind this ending, really. I, I just mind the fact that there's no lead up to it. That is the yeah. problem. Um, so Michael calls a meeting with the Calabrises, um, and he is going to try and make a deal with them. I'm handing over all my father's territory in exchange for the safety of my family and the Simpsons. Sorry, we can only guarantee we won't hurt them. Yeah. You know, they still got to eat right and exercise. Walk the dog once in a while. He's a furry little fitness machine. Well said. As for me, from now on, my only business is cooking. 
You did the right thing, Mikey. You weren't cut out to be a wise guy. But you, you got a future in this business. Call me. Thanks, but I'm going into bootleg DVDs. <laughs> it's so great that Michael's doing what he loves. And I can stop looking the other way from what my husband's doing. Lady, man. Lady, man. Lady. <sighs> I want to be buried next to my wife under that bridge in Jersey. <gasps> Someone poisoned these meatballs. Homer. Hey, if I poisoned them, would I be doing this? This is a chef's worst nightmare. I won't be using this recipe anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Michael yeah. Michael invites the, the here the materially. Michael invites the other family leadership over uh overtly, you know, makes a deal. Oh, I'll give you all the territory if you leave us alone, make sure we're safe. Then he poisons them. Quote unquote accidentally. Um Homer. 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 What? When Homer's not on screen, people should be asking, where's Homer? Homer eats seven poison meatballs. He's fine. Is this is this scene serious or not, guys? Is this is this poison or not? Does it kills the monsters? It doesn't hurt Homer at all. He's fine. He's made out of rubber, I guess. He's like just staring at the camera. He eats seven poison meatballs and you're like, what's the point of this? And then as nah. as we have learned, Homer is not a person. He is a force of nature. I guess that's fair. And then we see him like squeeze his man boobs together and like get attracted to himself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't know. I like. I literally have no idea what that is. Like, what is this? <laughs> is this what? Like, what is that bit where Marge looks at her Homer? Looks at Homer and he's like doing that to the mirror after he's eaten seven poison meatballs. After three men are dead, there are three men dead in their living room. It okay. So, luckily, Matt, it's also the last we see of Homer in this episode because hey, we're over, we're almost to the end. So, this is the ending as we go back to Fat Tony. He's recovering, and we get a a, a, a direct reference to uh, the ending of The Godfather with Lisa and Michael. Well done, my son. In making peace with our enemies, you are able to take them down. Perhaps you and I are not so different after all. Papa, I'm just glad you're okay. Now get some rest. Why didn't you tell him it was an accident? It was an accident, right, Michael? Don't ever ask me about my business, Lisa. Michael? And that's the end, uh, which is basically the end of The Godfather. But instead of, you know, talking about killing people, they're playing with Hot Wheels. Yeah. 
which is a fine, I guess, gag. It's an it's fine, fine enough compared to, like every, I I think the Lisa Michael Fat Tony stuff, you know, is okay. It's all right. The problem is it's not developed. You know, it it doesn't have like they don't. It's, it's barely half the episode is the problem. Yeah, if they just made it the whole episode and didn't have Homer and Bart in here, it would be a reasonable episode and you could you know at that point you could actually i think judge it for what it is like do i do i don't think this episode's good uh parts of it are good that doesn't not make a good episode you can't really judge it if they don't really commit to those characters you know like i i maybe the version of this episode that has uh, largely focuses on Michael and Lisa and Fat Tony, and like distinctly, we don't get scenes of just Palmer and Bart doing the mobster stuff. We don't get minutes and minutes of Otto at the beginning, just doing whatever. This episode, you could judge it on those merits, and like, I don't want to necessarily write it off saying, "Oh, the Simpsons can't do tertiary characters right," because there's plenty of episodes in the Golden Years that do tertiary characters really, really well. Um, it's, I think, a, a core identity of the Simpsons is the, the fact that they have this wide cast and they're able to use them really well. And, like, this, you know, even this, yes, this is, like, a directly referencing The Godfather. I don't care. Like, I am so, I'm desperate at this point. Like, I will be, I'm completely fine with them directly referencing The Godfather if it just does things with character and jokes and feels like a Simpsons episode, which this does for, I don't know, nine minutes of it. <laughs> Maybe that's that, that's about right because it's basically the second act, like two minutes of the first act, and maybe three minutes of the last act. So yeah, you're you're right about nine to ten minutes. It is, feels like a good Simpsons episode, and the rest is just filler. And I don't know why because they could have uh, rather than putting in filler, they could have developed this plot a little further. They could have you know spent more time with Michael before Fat Tony gets whacked. They could have spent. Uh, more time afterwards with uh, Michael becoming increasingly like Michael uh, spending his time cooking and having to like make decisions with the mob, you know, while he's trying to cook and getting upset. And then we show that, Oh, Michael has uh, an angry side deep inside him that, you know, he's trying to cook and, and they keep coming up with questions and he starts yelling and screaming at them and gets so mad. He, you know, says something and, and you could call back to one of those jokes, but Oh, everything means kill somebody in, in the mob's world. And Oh, you know, he said, just, you know, take care of it and they kill somebody. And slowly that happens more and more. And Michael falls down the track to being, you know, a new mob boss. And you could have had something like that, but they chose not to. And yeah, and you have Lisa there, being trying to be the angel on her on his shoulder and failing that's it like but they have homer and bart there and you're like why and why is so much auto in the beginning you don't need to have empty inciting incidents you can just go with the plot um we'll rank it at the end of the show it's gonna be a tough one it will be yeah robbie is this episode broken i don't know it's tough to say, right? Because it, it has a good idea, but it totally screws it up. I think here's my verdict, man. I thought about this, been thinking about this since I watched the episode. I think it is it falls just short of being broken. I think this is just under the threshold. Uh, I I think if it if that second act I didn't enjoy it at all, like if there were like it has an ending that makes sense to the context of the episode and like. I don't like the way they went about it, but it's, I wouldn't, I would say it's just short of broken. You guys heard us say 
obviously how to make it better, but I don't think it's broken in the way I would. If I, I know, you know, it's just something I feel like, oh yeah, this one's broken. I don't think this is broken. I think it's just short. It's just a little bit short. Do you, are you okay with That's that? That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I was trying to think of uh, a, a, whether I agreed or not. And I, I think I do. It's, it's, it's disappointing. I think is the one thing it's not broken because the core conceit makes sense. It's just all the filler they threw in kind of bogs it down, but that doesn't make it broken. So you're right. It is not broken, but it's not as good as it could have been broken. It does not like just because something's not good does not mean it's broken. Uh, it's a very, it's also like, I don't know. We're not, there's no measurements here. You know, <laughs> this is all by feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not broken. So we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments in the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Uh, comments in the news group is where I solicit, uh, reviews from our patrons about the episode. Uh, they can they weigh in, tell us how they feel about it. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of the segment, just go join our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash show. And every week I put out a call. Uh, first from Derek. Another por- portent of what awaits us in coming seasons, the HD era is stuffed with episodes that sideline our actual characters in favor of some half-baked quote-unquote parody. And they use that term in the loosest way possible. There's the excruciating Homeland one as well as that episode that is just a 20-minute reference to some obscure 70s detective show. We can trace these types of episodes back to here, the beginning of season 18, where the writers confuse parody with reference. This is just referencing mafia-related films and TV shows and nothing more. It's not funny. Characterization is completely off in this episode. Homer and Bart are insufferable, but they can't even get a tertiary character like Otto to act like himself. It just doesn't feel like The Simpsons at all. It fails whenever it's attempting to be. Uh, from Lauren. I'm sad, but thank goodness for Derek, because I watched the wrong episode. Season 18, episode 10. Don't worry, I already feel bad for myself since I watched two season 18 episodes, but because of it, my brain is goop. Uh, so here's a match for the canon. What you do with it is up to you. First of all, how dare they make a... I don't, I don't even want to call it a parody of The Godfather. Also, Lisa isn't that stupid. She knows who and what Fat Tony is, so there's no way she could force his son to interrupt the meeting. Homer was insufferable. Also, what happened with Otto? We don't care? Cool. I'm really hoping season 18 gets better since this episode is technically from last season. To paraphrase Homer, yeah, Robbie and Matt, the episode sure did suck last night. Just plain sucked. I've seen episodes suck before, but it was the suckiest bunch of sucks that never sucked. <laughs> uh, for Benjamin... There has to be a better, more character-driven way to do a Godfather riff. This isn't it. It felt like they just wanted Homer and Bart to run the mob, and that didn't even last very long. I don't care about Michael and his cooking. I know he won't be he won't be around anymore. I'm not even sure why he showed up this week. Showed up this week besides the plot required it. They need to invent some actual characters rather than plot devices. High point is Metallica always. <laughs> oh, Metallica. Uh, from JJ. I was actually enjoying this episode until Act Three when Homer and Bart hijacked the plot from Lisa and Michael. The three acts felt disconnected, with Act 1 being one long inciting incident, which is completely inconsequential to the plot, Act 2 actually having some substance and good jokes, and Act 3 being nonsense. Michael was at least a slightly more interesting guest character than last week, but he needed more time to develop his character, his relationships with both Lisa and Fat Tony, in order to give us his eventual betrayal more weight and consistency, which they would have had time to do had they cut the Homer and Otto stuff. Amen. I can't deny I laughed a few times, especially in Act 2. Fat Tony's finding Nemo bedspread, Bobstro's getting hit by baking soda and vinegar, and then TNT. And I laughed way too hard when Fat Tony told Marge he puts flowers on his wife's grave every week, and Marge replies, flowers every week? I wish I was dead. Maybe I'm too awesome optimistic after finally making through season 17, but overall I thought this was better than most of last season. 
We'll see. Uh, from Joshua. Look, it's difficult to do a quality Godfather parody in 22 minutes, but it's also difficult when you don't make the choice of either doing the parody fully focused on Michael and Fat Tony from the start or doing the Bart the Murderer route and using the Simpson family. Instead, you get a rushed and disoriented episode that has Homer and Bart there for no functional plot reason, rather that the writers are too afraid not to have them on screen. Three out of ten. <laughs> and finally from Tim. New season, eh? It'll be better, eh? Not so fast. While the mook, the chef, the wife, and her Homer does introduce us introduce us to fat tony's son who i don't believe we ever see again there is little else to recommend this episode i didn't laugh once which is okay if i care about the story i did not i give it a somewhat interesting ranking number 333 <laughs> thanks everyone who leaves reviews appreciate you you're my favorite people in the entire world because you're watching this terrible simpsons with me along with matt uh we can move on to our next i wouldn't say i'm watching it oh wait no sorry i'm enjoying it never mind anyway <laughs> I'm watching it, Matt. That's the problem. I am absolutely not. I don't know. Enjoying. Yeah. I try and enjoy as much as I can. I think that's the honest answer. I want to enjoy it. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Uh, this week's question is, what is your favorite moment from season 17? Uh... <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of repeats in this, uh, which doesn't bother me. Uh, Matt, take it away. Alrighty, uh, from Matt, uh, twenty seven. Okay, uh, from Derek, Marge and Bart bonding in Marge's sun poison is probably my favorite aspect of this season, and it's not even a specific moment. I just appreciate the mere attempt to focus on character dynamics, and with Marge Bart storylines being such a rarity, it makes this one immediately stand out. Unfortunately, it's bogged down by the usual post-classic trappings, but I feel the kernel of potential here sets it above much of the slop. Wish I had a better answer, but season 17 was pretty dire. And how? Uh, from Tim, I was more fond of girls just want to have sums than most, particularly for Itchy and Scratchy the musical, if only all inciting incidents could be so entertaining. Okay. Uh, from JJ, the seemingly never-ending story is a clear standout of the season for me. Funny, clever, well-animated, and I still crack up whenever I think of Mo trying to pretend his bat is a gun. True, true. Uh, from Andy, the fact that it's over. Well, I think that one probably got a lot. Robbie? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I, that, that, you'll, that's you'll, you'll see him, Matt. Oh, I will. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, from Benjamin, uh, from the wettest stories ever told, oh, Lord, please let the soldiers kill this family instead of me. Ooh, boy. Yep. Uh, from Hoppa, in Kiss Kiss Bangalore, when Homer pretends to be Karnak and makes the awful Hindu joke, I do Karnak all the time for my fiance, and she hates it, so I made her watch that scene. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> very specific. Sure. I love it. Uh, from Lauren, it comes down to the only two times I laugh in this abysmal season, the random 27, and when Kearney challenges Dolph, I think, to circumvent the globe. I could look up what episodes included these scenes, but that would take more time than the writers put in this entire season, so meh. Very, very accurate, uh, Lauren. Uh, the 27 is from girls just want to have sums. I don't remember either where, which episode the, uh, the around the world in 80 days joke is. So, uh, oh, that's, uh, the, the, my fair lady, my fair laddie. Ah, my fair laddie. What a mm -hmm. great episode. Yeah. That when is. They're, they're spying on Willie, mm -hmm. uh, and Lisa teaching him. Alrighty. Uh, from Mark, it's not the perfect episode, but I'm going for Marge's sun poisoning. I've always found Marge and Bart's relationship on this episode to be quite wholesome. Well, by that, I obviously mean anything before the end. Completely fair. All right. 
from at Vort ATX, the circle of knife from the itchy and scratchy musical is my favorite moment. A gruesome yet loving parody of Julie Taymor's work and modern musical as a whole. I could watch this over and over. Uh, from at Matt Laz 1013, from the seemingly never-ending story, Lisa, Mad Beast, Burns, Liberal Midget. Wouldn't be Burns if you didn't somehow get a defensive term in there. Uh, from at Groshans Kevin, definitely the Trump Mussolini joke in the Italian Bob. Uh, from at Matt Seaton, 27. Uh, from at Oakley Walker, when it ended. There you go. Uh, from at Yes, it's Aaron. Lily Tomlin was superb. It's a shame she wasn't given better material. It's always a shame when Lily Tomlin isn't given the best material possible. Uh, from Matt Hippie 200, best moment. Haha, Matt and Robbie have jokes. Hey, fellas, congrats on getting through seven, season 17, you miserable, miserable boys. Bit of a longer answer for you. I was in middle school, junior high to you Americans. Actually, we, we call it middle school, too. Uh, when the teen seasons aired, I had devoured uh, the golden years on DVD. And while I knew I wasn't watching quite the same show, I still watched every episode as it aired until I went off to college. And being 11, I found, found my moments of and being 11, found my moments of joy. It wasn't the best episode by far. But one thing that will always make me laugh is 27. Keep up the good work, fellas. It's from Zach. Uh, that's from Zach, Matt. You that's didn't... from Zach. Okay. Anyway, Robbie, what is your favorite moment of season 17 or whatever crap we're on now? <clears throat> it's, it's, it is. How could you forget, Matt? Come on. Um, it is. It's. It's. I, I don't know if it's a moment, but we have to stretch the bounds of this question for me to have an answer that is literally not usually i joke oh when it ended lately but that is not much of a joke for season 17 because it is real bad um but it is last of the red hot mamas it is marge having a friend that's really it oh. like marge getting a friend and having some friendship i mean obviously it falls apart with the heist stuff but lily tomlin is great for what they give her and it's nice to have marge having friends once in a while like i just they don't really ever show it very like it's noteworthy when we have an episode where marge has a friend and anytime it happens even if the episode's not great i'm gonna go yay okay um what's your answer honestly i've looked over this and over this and over this and i just I guess I'm going to have to go with the Italian Bob because I just enjoy Sideshow Bob as a character. I feel like this might be the worst episode he's in, or at least one of them, but it's at least a, a slight bright spot to this. Although I, I'm kind of also partial when Marge forgets Homer. I'm like, man, that's, that's the best thing to ever happen to Marge. Don't bring up that episode, Matt. You'll make me real upset. Um, okay. Next week's question. What is your favorite mob movie? Hmm. Figured this is a good opportunity as any to ask that question. I'll post it on Twitter at SubsisterPod. Uh, uh, email us, SubsisterPod at gmail.com. And I post the question on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I post that publicly there. Uh, go in any of those places, answer the question. This week's, I, I usually put up the questions on Tuesdays. Retweet it throughout the week. It'll be the, probably the first tweet on on our, on our Twitter account, et cetera, et cetera. Um, favorite mob movie for next week. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. Uh, the new Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Uh, we're starting fresh. We're zero zero, Matt. Blank slate. We'll see where this goes. Uh, so Matt won last season. Matt, what's the, what episode are we doing for a commentary track? Come on. 
this is going to be an interesting one, I think. I have decided to pick Homer's Odyssey. Uh, probably the lowest episode from what is arguably the Golden Years. I'm not sure if people consider season one part of the Golden Years. Mm. I would like to revisit it and see if it's any better or any worse than, you know, now that we have seen how low The Simpsons can sink. Oh, great. We're going to watch Homer's Odyssey and be like, we need to put this like 75 slots higher on the list. It's... <laughs> That's my hope. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's the, that's a dangerous territory to try that if we start moving things around, uh, the list is already nebulous as it is. Um, we'll release that as a, a bonus on the, we'll put it on the main podcast feed. I will not give it a number. Uh, it'd be unnumbered, uh, commentary track for Homer's Odyssey, uh, at some point, uh, probably within this month, we'll get it uh, recorded. Um, but we're starting off fresh zero zero Matt, Are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. Who saves Maggie's life in Mo Baby Blues? Uh, I believe that'd be Mo. That is correct. All right. Your easy question. Uh, I went with mo- uh, mob-themed episodes here, so it's uh, from Papa's Got a Brand New Badge. Uh, who runs Spring Shield, the private security firm, in this episode? Homer? You are correct. Nah, I don't remember anything about Papa's Got a Brand New Badge. I remember that it's a bad version of Homer the Vigilante, basically. Um, basically. Your immediate question. Maggie and Mo interrupt a meeting between what two mob families? Oh, God. Um, I, I honestly... Uh, Fat Tony D'Amico, I believe, is what we said it on his actual last name being. And I think it also starts with a C. Racist. I don't remember. I'm going to go with the Kiprianis. No, Matt. No, it's a funny reference because it's the Castellanetis. Oh, that's so hilarious! They're gonna whack the, uh, the the Homer's voice actor. Yeah, yeah this is uh, your medium question. Yeah. So, in case you don't remember, in Papa's got a brand new badge. There is a riot caused by a heat wave or the power loss after a heat wave. Uh, in this riot, Lisa gets her Malibu Stacy's stolen. Who stole Lisa's Malibu Stacy's? Oh God Almighty! Uh, well, there's only so many characters in the simpsons matt so is it just <laughs> i can guess them uh, is it one or is it many i can't remember it does probably doesn't matter it's one person one person uh smithers mm, sorry it is jimbo he stole them because he thinks they demean women okay interesting yep okay uh you're a hard question matt uh the episode of Moby Blues begins in the Springfield Botanical Garden. What sh- what shapes are the topiaries in in the Botanical oh, Gardens? Uh the itchy, scratchy, crusty um a foot <laughs> and uh let's go with Barthead. I have no idea. You got none right, man. I'm shocked. <laughs> so there's an elephant, a unicorn, those are the those are the generic ones, and then you have Jebediah Springfield, uh, shaped just like a statue. You have a life in hell bunny. Oh god! And that's that's hey references. You remember the Simpsons? You know who Matt Groening he did. You know what he did before he did the Simpsons. And then finally, hell, huh? yeah, and finally, Kang and Kodos. Oh god, really? Okay. Those sure are the, those are the shapes. Let me see. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, your hard question. 
during the riot, uh, we see six things looted from stores. Uh, you get one point for every correct looted thing you tell me. <laughs> you you ident- identify correctly. Oh, my lord. Uh, six things looted from stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a washer and a dryer. Uh, a crowbar. Uh, a television. Um, a, a, a baseball. I want to go back to weapons because I think the idea of looting weapons is somehow funny. Uh, a gun and uh, a pots, pots and pans. Okay, I'm pretty sure you got none of those. Okay, good. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, we see, I, I believe, is Barney stealing mannequins. Uh, somebody stealing tube socks. I can't remember who. Uh, cinder blocks from random people. Uh, Mo steals his own cash register. Uh, again, random people steal musical instruments and form a marching band out of the store, and then some random people also loot the tire fire. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. Rem- I think I remember Barney carrying a mannequin. I don't remember any of the, anything yeah. else of that. Nope. Mannequins, you can't buy these. Nope, absolutely not, Barney. Uh, let's, we're tied one to one, same as we were. That's the same as we were after one episode last season, and after one episode two seasons ago, man. We were both tied one to one. How about that? It's three seasons in a row where we've done that. Um, see how this season bears out. I'm tied. As long as I can stay with you, that's really all I need. Um, that's it for trivia. Like I said, we'll get that commentary check out for you guys this month at some point. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where men I rank the episodes categorically. You watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, I don't know what to do with this episode. Um, Weird, right? Because it's like there's the core of a good episode, just very incompetently, uh, you know, worked through. I, I, I know how much I can tell you I enjoyed some of it. So it's not going to go down the very bottom. Um, I let's see. I think that's the. I, I I think like, I'm like looking at like the best of season seventeen, of last season. Okay. And there's like, Marge's sun poisoning, the wettest stories ever told, last of the red hot mamas, seemingly never ending story. I believe is our highest season seventeen episode. Mm-hmm. And number 236, I don't think it's as good as Seemingly NeverEnding Story. Um, I don't think I would put it probably below... I would put it below The Last of the Red Hot Mamas as well, which I think is a similar type of episode where right. it has good promise, but, but you know, mishandles a lot of things. Um, I think it's in this area. It's a, I think it's it's better than Marge's Sun Poisoning. Um I think it's better than the wettest stories ever told. It's in between there. There's sweet and sour Marge. Better or worse than sweet and sour Marge, man. Um, oh God, Garth mother loving really. Um, mm-hmm. Candy. I'm gonna make this easy. I'm gonna say it's better than sweet and sour Marge because that episode is just weird at its best. And this, I don't know. I love The Godfather as a movie, and maybe I just have a soft spot for it. But I think that if you can discount the first act especially and some of the homer marge stuff or homer bart stuff 
this is actually a decent episode at its heart. So I, I'm going to say it's just below uh, Last of the Red Hot Mamas and above Garth Mother Loving, the Oompa Loompa, and everyone's teeth rotting out from a giant sugar ship at the end. You're just remembering the worst of that episode, Matt. You're not thinking of the good stuff in it. Robbie, what's the good stuff in that episode? It has a happy ending where, Hom- where, where Homer and Marge, they do, you know, they Homer makes a d- decision to do something for it, like for a good reason. Like, you know, he's a good person in it, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does not, is not at any one point in this episode. Homer is not even. Are you repar- sure you're just not thinking of Count Chocula? What's wrong with Count Chocula? And the sugar shark. What's wrong with sugar shark? What about some steamed limes as a dessert? I don't mind sweets and sour much, frankly. I think it has its moments. Uh, it makes oh. more sense largely. Like, it has one plot, too. You know, mostly. It makes one... I think... I don't know. I, I think it's it's very... I think this is better than Bart of the Future. I think it's better than a hunk of hunk of birds in love. It's better than Take My Wife's Sleaze. This is where I slow down between Special Edna and Sweets and Sour Marge. I think these are all very terrifically flawed episodes that I try and take as much joy from as I can. I think this episode is probably funnier than the Sweets and Sour Marge, which is why I don't mind putting it above, um, above it and behind Last of the Red Hot Mamas. Yeah, there. This episode did have laughs, which uh, I'm pretty sure Special Ed just had eye rolling. So, you know, there were probably jokes in there that I thought were okay in Special Edna. It just it's probably. hard to re- it's hard to remember them when you bombard it bombard ourselves with this you know atrocity. First, putting in it there it is. Mook the chef, the wife and her Homer. A new number two fifty two on our list. Uh, it is a new number sixty two. On the post golden years ranking, um, I th- I don't know if this is like a good sign for season eighteen or not, but it does it it's certainly not considering it's among the better of season seventeen. I'm feeling a little bit hopeful about season eighteen. I probably shouldn't be. It's probably better oh, Robbie, to rep- Robbie, to, Robbie, Robbie. What do you mean, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie? Why are you doing it like that? Why are you saying things like that, Matt? I don't like it when you do things like that. Um, I'm sorry. I've I've looked ahead. Oh, you shouldn't. That's that's not. Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Let's look at next week's episode. Jazzy and the Pussycat. We're not there yet, Matt. We've been, we, we can't get ahead of ourselves because we have to do one final thing before we, we, before we move on, before we leave, we have to decide if this episode is shot out of the cannon. The cannon, the cannon, the cannon, the cannon, the cannon. Um, what do you think, man? I don't know, because this episode is dumb, but everyone acts like themselves for the most part. We've got Homer being, you know, teen years Homer. Uh, But beyond that, we get the family mostly being the family. Lisa's dumber than she should be. Bart's slightly more evil than he should be with the whole mob thing. And, well, Otto's an idiot, but, you know, that's kind of par for the course. And I enjoy learning more about Fat Tony and his family and Michael. I thought they are a good addition to Springfield. I, I I don't mind it staying in there. I, I really have no objection to it being in. No, I, I think there is certainly not the entire episode needs to be like studied or taught or suggested. But I think there is worthwhile stuff in this episode. If you ask me to watch it, if you should watch this episode, I'd say, yeah, it's probably worth watching. It's Is it good? No, but that doesn't I'm not going to necessarily say, oh, you need to watch like. In season 18, half a good episode is something, you know, like 
we're at this point where I'm just like grasping at straws. And, you know, when you go to college, you know, when I'm taught, when I took literature courses in college, you're not always teaching everything about a book. You're going to focus on the important stuff, the stuff that is interesting for when it was written or still valuable today. And that's what I would do with this. I would say, oh, yeah, most of the second act is good. And it's interesting how they are, you know, how what they do with the Godfather, what they're trying to do. And like there's interesting moments in here. And Lisa does some interesting things with Michael. Those are fun. That's fine enough. Is it the best? No, but I don't really need the canon is not necessarily only the best. It is stuff that is worthwhile. Uh, I think, and I think it's worth your time. Um, so I would say this, we don't fire the cannon today. It's been a, quite a while since we've not fired a cannon. I should right. say, uh, we will. So that's part of the cannon. We will not be firing the cannon today. It's disappointing. I'm sure to everyone. Um, but we will be, we do, uh, need to go to the top of the list, uh, and work our way down and decide what's a part of the cannon. We haven't had an, any firings yet. As we work through the top of the list, which just doesn't really surprise any, shouldn't surprise anyone, because we are now number 61, which is Krusty Gets Canceled, a celebrity star-studded uh, episode with Barbara Streisand, uh, Luke Perry, uh, Johnny Carson. It's funny because we, we generally have a lot of problems with people playing themselves as guest stars, but for some reason this episode just works. Well, one, they don't take themselves so seriously like it's very silly and very flippant and it's about about hollywood and about this like the silliness and idiocy of like a comeback special and all that stuff uh and Krusty's great in it which is really the the most important part of Krusty gets canceled Krusty really anchors that episode and it does it's a great it's a great episode that's a yes yes it's part of the canon of course um so no canon today and those are good days and we don't have to fire the cannon i don't want to fire the cannon never um, you can find this list on our website. It's SimpsonShow.com. has links to, to all our stuff, to our Twitter, to our RSS, to our Patreon. If you want to help us out the show, help support us. Uh, leave your reviews for the episodes as we do them alongside us. Join us. Uh, helps pay for hosting. We really appreciate all our patrons. Our next episode, Matt, as you were uh, 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 mentioning, Jazzy and the Pussycats. Uh-huh. Starring... Um, Meg and Jack and Meg White uh, as themselves, uh, where Bart becomes a drummer. I have no idea what. Yep. I mean, I like I like the White Stripes. Uh, luckily, they're they're in it for a very small portion of time. Oh, cool, great, love that. Um, this is Bart Lee's episode. Looks like we'll see. Maybe it's good, Matt. Maybe it's good, right? Maybe, maybe Robbie, but no. Okay, Bye. all right, cool. That's next week. Thanks for. Uh, listening uh, before we go you can find me online on twitter at robbie darman that is my name my website is also my name is robbie you can find links to everything i do on my website including to my other all my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels my newest novel is death rattle just came out not a better time to buy it than right now today it is about a grizzled texas redneck defending his dying town from greedy vampires not a better book out there involving gay rednecks fighting and killing vampires out there. I'm going to put that on. I'm going to put that out there. Not a better book with gay, gay rednecks killing vampires in it. Not I mean, be- you're not wrong. Not a better book out there. If you can find that book that's better than mine, I will happily lay, I will let, let go of that claim. 
uh, Matt does not participate in social media, you will not find him. That's true. I spend all my time taking care of kittens, which you can see in all of their adorableness at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, if you're if you're having a bad day, if you're feeling down, if you're stuck inside, as we are in Florida, since you know going outside gets you immediately having COVID, vaccinated or not, it seems these days, uh, you can see these adorable little kittens and they will swell your heart, which uh, you don't need to go to the doctor for at this time. At this time? I mean, as far as we know, the heart swelling is within normal parameters. Okay, so the the heart swelling won't 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 get you. It won't cause any health issues, as far as we know. Okay, it's it's beneficial, right? Yes, beneficial heart swelling. Okay, they are very cute. I will agree. Indeed. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie, and I'm Matt, and keep watching this episode. Shh.